Welcome to 17 Strong. Victories don't come by accident. Here's your host, Steve Teixeira. Thanks, Andy. Welcome to another 17 Strong podcast. I'm your host, Steve Teixeira, along with my beautiful wife, Holly. Hi, babe. Hi, how are you? Good. So we took uh, the holidays off. We didn't have a podcast um, last month. Things have been crazy in California with COVID and uh, with everything going on with 17 Strong. And, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with everyone that's been affected by COVID. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, um, we lost one of our podcast members, our board members, our close personal friend. And um, she lost her battle with with cancer. Danelle Miller passed away on New Year's uh, Eve of uh, 2020 so our hearts are heavy and um you know it's a it's a tough time for all of us but uh we know that she's in a better place and uh, she left behind a lasting legacy just like ryan did so we're going to continue to move forward um and honor her and as danelle would say keep that sparkle absolutely so you know things have been tough with covid like we've talked about and we we talk quite a bit about a support group and having people to surround yourself that will support you in a time of need and today's podcast we're doing just that we are introducing some very close family friends that we have known for too many years to even count our kids grew up together Mm -hmm. and uh, they now live on the east coast up in new hampshire but formerly california residents and uh, they pay played an integral part of uh, Ryan's story because they were with us at the hospital quite a bit. So would you like the honors? Sure. I will introduce to you our super besties and family friends, JJ and Tim Bersolono. Thank you for being here. Welcome. Happy to be here. We're so So glad to be here. So this is a Zoom call. This is our first. This so is our uh, first. we're going to apologize right now for any technical difficulties or echoing or anything yes. that goes on. But uh, it is uh, what time is it here? We're at three thirty, so it's uh, five thirty. Six thirty. Oh, six thirty. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. So it's already dark back there. It is. It gets it's dark been- at like four. <laughs> so. So, babe, what is your first question for? Tim and oh JJ. Gosh, the first question. Why don't we talk about um, the relationship first of all? Um, this isn't just a normal friendship, uh, family friend. Um, this is a little deeper than that. So why don't you start with you and JJ first, and then we'll we'll get into that. There's not enough time to go with yeah. JJ and I. Well. <laughs> I mean, uh, JJ is a pastor's daughter, and we basically grew up together. Um, we all attended the same church. And so um, I've known her brothers and her since, well, since we went to church there. So that goes all the way back to the seventies in Santa Maria, California. So you know how old we are, Steve? I know. Well, no, because I didn't say how old we were. (laughs) I just said it was the (laughs) seventies. That's right. That's right. I know. So I've known, you know, JJ for a long time Mm -hmm. and then uh, she brought Tim into our life and that was what 28 years ago that 27 27 28 years ago 
Yeah, so we've known them for a long time, and, and our kids are, well, Ryan and Shay are the same age, and then Casey and Aaron are the same age. Yep. And, and then th- they have a third. We, have we a, stopped it, too. So they have the two girls. Holly left me hanging out on a limb. They were supposed to do a third. I know, right? Yep. <laughs> Sorry about that. She will never <laughs> let me live that down. Yeah. So anyway, um, if you want to talk about just us, you know, raising our kids together just for a minute, you know, how, um, you know, Ryan and Shay were, I mean, you were there the day I went into labor, I remember. So, yeah, I mean, we go way back. So talk about that for a minute. We go way back. I mean, like, like both Steve and Holly were saying, this isn't just your run of the mill. We're just best friends. No, this is, this is a deep, um, it's deep more heart. of a, it's more family than it is anything. Yeah. yeah. It's generational. Yeah. Um, I mean, our parents, in fact, Steve's parents weren't here all that long ago, visiting my parents who now live with us as well. But it was fun because we all seem to hit the same phases of life, obviously at the same time, because we're all in the same age bracket. And I can remember when we all started having our babies and started doing all that and, and the, the excitement of that and being able to talk with one another about different parenting tips and different uh, frustrations as a parent and, and all those different things. In fact, Tim and I were sitting here reminiscing a little and I said, remember when Steve and Holly were the life group leaders and Ryan was like, maybe a year old if that's standing there and Steve would throw him with a plastic baseball and he'd hit it with that little tight <laughs> baseball <laughs> yeah. and like, oh wow, you yeah. I can't even walk yet yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then Shay later on took her first step at Steve and Holly's house after she one did. of our life group meetings that's, yeah. right. that's right and then we yeah. had several incidents that happened that we cannot discuss on, on radio oh, about yeah. you know yeah. going to play games at your house and yeah. Finding presents in the hall that weren't from the dog. <laughs> <laughs> this would be true. But it was fun. I mean, our kids all learned how to swim together. They took swim lessons together. And I yeah. can't ima- I can't remember really Fourth uh, of July or a Halloween um, that wasn't spent together, uh, whether it was up at the beach house in Cayucas yeah. or whether it was at a harvest festival at the church. I remember the first one where Rye was in his Winnie the Pooh little um, – Halloween outfit, Shay, this little bunny ears thing, you yes, know. Going. I remember that. Always took pictures of those things together, but the kids, they did. They grew up together, and, and it was fun watching their relationships. As, as I said, we have the three kids that are all similar in age, and even though we have the third one, Jackson wasn't far behind, but did whatever he could to always be with Ryan and Aaron as much as he possibly could. Yeah. Hang out with boys. Yeah. yeah. And, yes. And so it was just a treat to watch them, their relationships as they did. They were like brothers and yeah. sisters yeah. together. Mm-hmm. And we did, we did even tell them that this is Aunt JJ and Uncle Tim. So it wasn't just right. a, you know, that was a respect that we had amongst each other. So it was, it was family-like. Yeah. And, and our kids, even to this day, still talk about Uncle Steve and Aunt Holly mm-hmm. and talk about Ryan and Aaron being their cousins. When yeah. They yeah. And that's how special it is. That's really neat. Yeah. Um, Tim, you had a special name for Ryan, and I don't even remember how that started. Can you, do you remember? You know, I just remember it. I, I called Ryan Ryan a few times, but Slick just seemed to stick. <laughs> and I just remember when he was little, he just was always Slick. He'd always try to slip away. Or was, 
we were coming over, he tried to give me a hug or something, or I was going to give it, give him a hug. He would just kind of slip away. And I say, man, you're pretty slick. And it just stuck. And so he, Ryan being Ryan, always had to one up uncle Tim. So I, whenever we see you guys, it was, Hey, what's going on slick? And he'd always go, what's going on slicker. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it was either uncle Tim or it was slicker and it was slicker most of the time. And uh, it just, it just stuck. And uh, I, I, I love that we kind of had that little Uncle Tim Ryan. Right. Yeah, that was special. Yeah, that was super special. Well, and you guys were in our neck of the woods for quite some time. And then you guys moved to um, Chicago area um, to plant a church and then ended up back kind of in our area and we're in Southern California, Southern California. So, yep. And that's where you guys were in San Clemente. Am I right? No. Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita. Okay. And that's kind of where you were when they were teenagers, right? That's where your kids went to high school and. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's where we were. And I remember Rye would come up for the scouting, the baseball scouting. So we'd get to connect like, Hey, we're going to be at this scouting thing. Ryan's pitching, pray. And we'd pray and meet up to mm-hmm. grab a meal together. Or if you guys were around, you'd come to one of Jackson's hockey games or. Yes or different times or when we go up there, be able to, I, I remember Casey getting to sing a time or two at the national anthem there, the Roy Grandy field. That's right. Yep, that's right. Oh my that's gosh. Right. I forgot about Yeah. That. And Jackson was our first taste of hockey because we were baseball yeah, people. Like, and what's with all these fans? I mean, remember hockey in California, fans? that kind of doesn't go hand in hand, but in Southern California, hockey's everywhere. So yeah, yeah. I know <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah. That was super interesting. Um, okay. So, Okay, so now if we go into the cancer journey of Ryan just a tad, um, I don't even know how you guys found out about it. So let's talk about that for a minute. Like, how did you find out about it? And then how did your kids find out about it? And how did they take that news? You know, it was interesting because Tim and I were both talking. We have very, very clear memories of the, the resurgence when it came back that second time. But the first time as I, as I was sitting here thinking, um, in preparation, I remember you and I spending some time together. I, we, we were up there and you say, you need to pray for Ryan. He's got like this pulled hamstring or something. We don't even know what's going on. I was like, Oh, okay. We'll be praying. Keep us posted. And then I, it was, I think I got a text or a call from, um, one of you sent me a text or maybe it was through the family sent a text. You need to pray. This is what that was. And I remember I drove up and you and I went to um, lunch there in downtown Arroyo Grande at, is it a, something about a rooster? Rooster or? Creek. Rooster Creek is a restaurant around here. I jumped in the car when I got that text and drove right up and we didn't have long, but we got to spend some time just for, I said, just whatever you want to talk about whatever you don't want to talk about what and you just went through sharing about um you know this thing that was thought to be hamstring ended up not being hamstring and then just kind of but um getting to process a little bit of that initial fear um panic (laughs) and grief um in that moment of saying we need jesus to step in like we've never needed him to step in before and we didn't have long because it it was a spontaneous little thing, and we, we just got to spend that meal together, and then I got back in the car and drove back down down to L.A., and thus began our prayer journey, and then we met you guys. I believe that time he was in Santa Monica. Right, right. He right. came down. Yeah. And I, we came down uh, just a few times, 
to that hospital because it was all relatively, obviously relatively new things and wanting to be safe with his health and different things. But um, I remember we did sit down our kids once that evening when I came back, mm-hmm. um, we sat down with the kids and, and told them and they, you know, tears and fear and not sure what was going on, but then immediately um, they begin to pray. And, mm-hmm. and Casey, I don't know if you guys remember this, it was within a week or two, Casey's school, she went to Hart High School in Newhall, was wanting to find um, an inspirational cause. And she took that to her class and they started, Hart High School started a GoFundMe for Ryan way back in that, that very first initial stages yeah when that happened and i i'm not sure how much or whatever ended up with that i hope something yeah. <laughs> no that was the first 17 strong gofundme because that's where the money went as, as we were able to to start you know that's what the money ryan used to help you know uh do all the legal fees and get all the 501c3 set up so that was overwhelming if i, re- if I recall it was thousands of dollars it was were. it was thousands of dollars yeah. And, and yeah. then this is people that we didn't even know, you know, yeah. that people that our kids saying, we got to do something. This is our cousin. Right. And, and right. so finding their ways beyond just wanting to pray, but saying what's something tangible and how can we make this known and how can we let our peers know this is, this isn't something just that just affects older people. Right. You know, cancer. The light just went off. <laughs> there we go. Um, cancer can affect us and it's affecting my family. And yeah, so that was the, that, that's how I can remember that our Mm -hmm. kind of our first, um, first run at it about initially. Yeah. But that just goes to show the kindness of people's hearts. Here's people reaching out and and we're seeing that a lot with, with COVID going on people that are in dire need that they don't know you, but here's $20, here's $10, here's $5 because it's all I can afford. Mm -hmm. But it's it's the up. heart, and that's what's mm-hmm. so important right now. It's the heart of the matter, and it's being able to help somebody that's less fortunate than you. And right. you know, you're you, by Casey doing that, it showed where her heart was, mm-hmm. and people that had no clue about our family, about Ryan, anything, or what he was going through, was like, "Yeah, I can give, I can help." Right. Yeah. 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 And I had forgotten that 17 Strong existed at that point because he had, you know, went through the treatment and then mm-hmm. went through the um, the surgery. Because right. after he came out of that surgery is right. when 17 Strong was born. So um, it was probably the first couple of months into that journey, yeah. that first spa- mm-hmm. that first cancer journey. Um, yeah. So, you know, and when he said that, we were you know, had to get all those stuff in order, you know, the legal um, 501c3 paperwork and stuff. So that was um, a need that we, that she met. So that was awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Do you have anything else? Well, Tim, let's see, you were a chaplain for, for an organization in Southern California, weren't you? Yeah, I was on, yeah, I was on, I was pastoring in, did you pastoring in Mission Hills? But I was a chaplain at a, at a hospital in the San Fernando Valley. Right, right. I was in Calder quite a bit. Because, uh, you know, the San Fernando Valley, if you're in the Southern California area, you know, that's just, you know, millions of people that live there. Right. Oh, a very, yeah. 
So you're having an opportunity. I mean, let's take Ryan out of the equation. You're having an opportunity at this point to meet people in their deepest, darkest hour and give them a chance of hope or being able to just be with them and comfort them in a time of need. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, it was, you know, it, it, being a chaplain was a real roller coaster because there were a lot of times where you're meeting people, like you said, at real low points, at real crisis points. Um, you know, one weekend when I was uh, on call, and you probably remember I had three calls um, that were fetal demise is what they were called when they were looking at, a, at the loss of, a, of a, either a newborn baby or an unborn baby. Mm-hmm. And um, the first call I got, you know, it, and it was all weekend. It was from Friday until Sunday evening. Uh, and, you know, leading worship and preaching at a church, uh, it was a lot. But I remember the first one I got was a, uh, was a family, and I got to the doctor, and they said, here's what's going on. I got to go minister to the family, pray with them, came back home, got another page, drove back down into the valley uh, second time, prayed with the family, came back home, got another call on a Sunday, drove back down, prayed with the family, and God actually did a miracle with that one. Um, that family, they were told that their baby didn't have, I don't recall what organ it was, but they said, you'll give birth to the baby, but when the baby comes out of the womb, it's going to be dead within a matter of time. And the family was just heartbroken. So we prayed and asked the Lord to do a miracle. Um, and prayed with them, came back home. I talked to one of the nurses the week later, and she said, Pastor, we don't know what happened, but the baby came out alive, all organs, all 10 fingers, 10 toes, normal, healthy. What did you do? I said, we just prayed. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was, uh, God it still was, does miracles. That's right. Yes. yes, he does. And I was blown away and thankful. So it was, like I said, it was a real roller coaster. Mm. Right. So did you find that a lot of people that you have the opportunity to be with had a support system or they did not? I would say that a majority of people did. There were very few that didn't. Um, there, and, and the couple that didn't, you know, you could see the loneliness and the longing for relationship, you know, because, because God wired us to have relationship with one another. Yeah. To one degree, his ministry flows from relationship. That's right. And so, yeah. And I think that's so important, especially right now with COVID. I mean, you see different ways that people can reach out on Facebook or social media and, and, you know, you can't necessarily have family dinners, if you will, anymore. You can't go out. So at least here in California, you're not supposed to go outside your, your core group, mm-hmm. you know, to help slow the spread. But it's so important for people to be able to reach out, whether it's write a letter the old fashioned way or pick up the telephone and call someone or, or do a a zoom call or, or Skype or something, but people need that connection. I mean, just like you said, we're wired for that. Mm. We, we need that. You know, it's okay to be alone every once in a while because everybody needs their alone time too, but there's too much loneliness going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of isolation, a lot of loneliness, a lot of isolation. And I don't know that that's healthy, you know, especially in a, you know, desperate times, you know, you need that advocate for yourself and for, you know, that loved one or whatever. So I am so thankful that that we didn't have to deal with that part of it because that would have been just devastating. Um, It already was devastating, but, um, and so I know the first spout, you guys only had come down a couple of times. The second time when Ryan was diagnosed with um, 
the leukemia, he was more isolated. Um, and he was at, um, what is it? Ronald Reagan hospital at that point, um, which is literally down the road, but you were only what, 40 minutes away, 45 minutes away. Yeah, we were about 40, 40 minutes away. mm -hmm. Um, and I remember, I remember the day I got Steve, when you texted me about Ryan and about it, about it's, uh, about the leukemia, we were sitting at a staff meeting. This was before what happened four years ago, literally right now. Right. Yeah. This was when he went back in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I remember you texted me and you told me what was going on. And I left staff meeting, canceled my appointments. And I said, I got to go. And, yeah. Uh, and I think and, that's right. When we had got medevac back into LA. Yes. Because, exactly. Because we were, he was rediagnosed in Colorado and they medevac us overnight. Exactly. So that was that following morning. Cause I, I remember when texting you and I hadn't had much sleep, you know, right. Yeah, you texted me and I came down and I remember when you and I saw each other, we just fell on each other's shoulders and just wept. Oh yeah. Yep. And I'm glad I was able to be there for you, man. Yeah. Thank you for, for being there. And you know, again, you were the support system. Everybody needs that support system and you were at the right place at the right time because I mean, Holly couldn't be there. She was, was being driven back from Colorado so, yeah. you know, we were both two separate areas, so we couldn't be with each other. And, well, and then only one person can be in the air- right. helicopter right. or the airplane. Mm-hmm. In the airplane, so. Yeah. But it, was, it wasn't even um, asked of. You know, it was basically every week or every three, it was probably three days a week that JJ and Tim, and if it wasn't JJ, it was Tim, or if it wasn't, you know, Tim, it was, you know, Shay, or if it, one of you were always there. And I remember even one time when your mom and dad decided to make the, um, mm-hmm. the visit just to see Ryan and just the change of scenery made such a huge difference. And, um, I mean, for a while he did really, really well and he was able to talk and, you know, and that was great. But then there was those visits where that wasn't, that wasn't the case, you know, and we were so, um, I mean, you know, you saw it every day, you know, Mm -hmm. how things changed or, or didn't change, you know, and, um, it's walk us through your feelings. Um, Steve and I understand that, but what, did you think at home and oh my gosh I sure I'm sure now that I can actually step back and say those were not fun visits those were dreadful visits to see us and to see um but explain what your thoughts were you know um I can I remember I was real thankful for we had this one and I don't know where this fell in the timeline we had this one visit with Rye um and the kids and my mom and dad, we brought Olive Garden to the hospital. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, and I'm not sure where and it was. I, and I, think, I think your mom and dad were there too. Yeah, they yeah. were. But I'm not sure where it was. I think things were getting better and all. And I think it was like shortly, like all of a sudden, we Tim gets this call from Steve saying, you need to pray now. And this was roughly about four years ago, right at this time frame. Um, you need to pray now. Things, Things are... That was our first trip to the ICU where he got yeah. sick. Right. Yeah. It could turn for the worse. We were talking about going home and Ryan said, something doesn't feel right. And before we knew it, he was at UCLA intensive care. And Tim and I didn't know anything to do other than to give him the car and come down, even if we just sat in the waiting room. Right. And we mm-hmm. got the car and came down. And um, we actually came seven days a week, uh, one or the other one of us, 
we're down there seven days a week from that day. I remember, and the reason I know the timeline so well is because I remember watching President Trump's inauguration in the UCLA room. That's right. That's right. With all the machines going on, and at that time, our greatest concern was the dialysis. You know, we're praying over that dialysis machine and and different things. And just for me, it wasn't dread. It was this is where I need to be. Right. This is where when it says when one is weak, the other is strong for them. And it was almost I just I didn't care if it cost us our jobs. We didn't care if it cost us what it costs, we didn't care about what it costs us for gas or for parking or whatever. This was what God, this, I, I feel like it was the reason, there, there was part of the reason why God even brought the Teixeira family and the Hamilton family together was for that this moment. Um, just our, in the intersection of our lives and I knew that there was nowhere I wanted to be other than to be there as a support to right. Holly for whatever she needed. Um, and Tim for Steve, for you guys, if, if you needed a break, if you needed something, um, to just be available for that, to try to gauge, um, what the emotional thing was getting. And there were so many points we were just simply so honored to be there. I remember getting to be there when they took the breathing tube out of Ryan for those few days and getting to be there and watching just to see that beautiful moment shared between Ryan and Holly as he was whispering to her all these, these things that had happened at that time and getting to hear him say slicker, you know, yeah. uh, in his raspy voice, <laughs> you know, acknowledging that he knew who Uncle oh, Tim was. Gosh, yeah. um, but, you know, and, and our, our kids took the time to come down a time or two, and, and but it wasn't a dread. It mm. was, yeah, we had no doubt that if it was reversed the same thing, you guys would have been doing the same thing. It's just was an instinct. It was, there's no place, uh, not, there's no other place I can be right now. Right. right. Well, so so much still. I remember, Steve, I remember you saying to me at one point, you said, hey, if you need to be more at the office, if you've got to do it, and I said, Steve, this is my office. Yeah. And uh, I just bring my computer and I would just do what I had to do. I mean, I'd be in the church office when I needed to be, but I'm very thankful that yeah, we are very thankful that you were there. And, you know, a lot of people don't have friends like you or, or have family that will drop everything and be there. But it's so important to find that person or that family that can help you because doing this kind of stuff alone is... I, I couldn't imagine. It's Yeah. yeah. It you don't want to imagine it. No. Yeah. 40 days, and I remember thinking, I... I I don't even know. It was, it's just a, you function and that's all you can do is just function. But, um, I knew that I could always count on the Barcelona's always, no matter if we needed food or if we needed just that break that we could just, we could sleep sleep. and, and, and that was, that uh, that was a godsend that one time that we could just, I remember Tim was able to spend the night with um, Ryan and ICU so that we could just try to sleep and, and, um, but yet it was one of those things that we could ask, you know, and it wasn't, it was just, it was just so natural and, um, in an organic way. So, um, it, it just, now that we can actually take a step back and just go, wow, we just had, um, uh, 
most amazing support group that could we could ask for really so well, um that time honestly we really do yeah that's um i can't tell you how many times jade and i would talk and we hated that you guys were going through what you were going through and that ryan and aaron you know just that you guys but i can't tell you how many times jade and i would say we're so glad that god put us all in each other's lives yeah. We got to walk through it with you guys. And we just, I remember saying, what else can we do? How else can we help? What else can we do? And just be there for you guys. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's the good, bad, and the ugly. I mean, and that's exactly what it was. It was, there was no, it was so hard to put one foot in front of the other. But um, there were times I remember JJ would tell me, you have to eat something, Holly. I'm going to, I mean, she would hand feed me things. It was yeah, the biggest challenge of that whole that was the yeah. craziest thing yeah that was crazy i wanted to ask tim though you know since you have been in you know um just leadership and you know a um, chaplain and how was this different if it was different um to see ryan versus others go through a struggle and such a hard fight um is is there is and maybe that's just a horrible question. I don't even know, but um, it's just, it's almost like a, I mean, it is a family member and a, um, I mean, it was 20 years old. So um, you saw everything. So I'm wondering if there was anything different or anything that was, um, that you saw. Well, you know, everybody would like to say that, that they treat people the same everywhere they go. And that's always been my heart. Is it, you know, is that the Tim people see in church, is the same Tim that they see yeah. at the gas station or the grocery store or whatever. And that's always been my prayer. Um, and me personally, I really, I want people to feel cared for. I want people to see Jesus. I want them to, to feel his care and concern because we're all, you know, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. Those of us who have made Jesus Lord of our life, we say, Lord, I just want to be you to the people you've called me to serve. But Ryan was, Ryan was different, you know, because, you know, like, like we've been talking, we remember, gosh, I mean, no, kids all grew up together. The day he was born. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, you know, I was just, JJ and I were talking before we got on our, on our call today, and I said, you know, we were talking about one of my favorite memories of Ryan was actually when we moved to Chicago. He had made this big poster board, uh, and he said, uh, I don't remember what it all said, but I just remember it said, I love you, Slicker. And, uh, and I thought, I wish I still had that thing. And there just, there was something about Ryan that was just easy to love. And so for Ryan, I just, I felt, I, in, invested isn't the right word because we just, because we all felt like family. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. right. You know, and I hope, my hope was that Ryan wasn't just seeing me being there as, well, I'm a pastor, this is what I'm supposed to do, but but this is Uncle Tim, and he's here because he loves me. He cares about me. And, you know, I can't tell you how many hours we would pray, you know, for Ryan and for Aaron and for you guys. And thank God for Ryan's healing. And thank God that he continued to provide for you guys. And so, so you know, I, I guess it, for lack of a better word, invested is the, is the word that just comes to mind, you know, which, because I just love that guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it's so important in, invested. I love that because 
that's what 17 Strong does, is we invest in the lives of these other people that have gone through the same thing, that they've beat their disease, mm-hmm. but we're investing in them and giving them a new a new start, a fresh start. And yeah. I think in this day and age, we need to be investing in more people. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a real polarization going on in this country. And I think we need to turn that polarization the other way and we need to invest in each other. And it's not about the color of our skin. It's not about our religion. It's not about anything. It's about love. And it's about being able to love one another. And that's, that's all it is. If we take the time to invest in one person a day, you know, one person a day, maybe it's someone at the grocery store and you notice they're in a hurry and the line is forever long, but you say, you know what? You can cut in front of me. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, and you don't know what that person's going through in that moment, in that time, in that hour, but it, it could change their life, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because you took the opportunity to invest in them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we're not talking about becoming a new best friend or anything, but it's just trying to make a change in, in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's those so ministry moments. Yes. It, right. Right. And that's one thing we've always tried to do is, is whenever the Lord opens a door to minister, to recognize it and then walk through it. And, and it might be just that moment. It may be for more moments, but it's, it's always saying, Lord, help us be cognizant of what we're seeing so we know how to effectively minister your love and your grace. Yeah. Right. And, and right now it's so important because with COVID people that are going through cancer, they're going through these illnesses or they're fighting um, COVID in a hospital. They don't get visitors anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, there's no more of that physical touch. You're relying on the healthcare worker to be your eyes and ears mm-hmm. um, yep. to, to send that message. And mm-hmm. my heart breaks for those people. Yeah. Because yeah. there's people that are dying on a daily basis that don't have the touch of a loved one by their side. And and my heart hurts for the care workers, these nurses and doctors that are dealing with this on a daily basis mm-hmm. that they're overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, sure. the, and, and some of them are quarantined. They can't even go home to their own family right. because they've been dealing with, you know, COVID patients, if you will. And they have to go to a separate apartment or something so they don't risk yeah, spreading COVID mm-hmm. amongst their kids. And they're right. having to take on a role that they never signed up for because they are having to be that support system. For exactly. Exactly. Care, a health caregiver. Mm. And that is an emotional role. Mm. It's, that is a mental role. That is a connection role Mm -hmm. and so to me the ministry and prayer that we need to be giving to our healthcare workers right now because they are having to fulfill a place that they were not trained and with the brokenness of many people probably aren't emotionally equipped to deal with and so so much of our prayers do need to go in covering Mm -hmm. those heroes of healthcare. yeah because you're you're looking at uh, a new form of ptsd if you will i mean this is I mean, this has never been, well, in our lifetime, there's never been a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the generations of, of healthcare workers right now have never had to deal with anything like this. And now we're going to have to find different ways to help 
them get through this when this is finally over. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Interesting. Um, okay. So what are your thoughts about 17 strong? This is, well, yes. Well, I, I want to hear. I can, I can tell you one of my, my thoughts. <laughs> oh, you keep that sticker? I keep the, I've had this since we were there for Ryan's funeral. funeral. Um, and it was one of, there weren't a whole lot of these that were produced. So I take extra special care of this. Uh, and I always keep it on the back of my phone because it's always a conversation starter. Is that, uh, I, it's hard to tell on the Zoom call. Is that's that, actually that... from his Arroyo Grandy. Yeah. Oh, that's the helmet sticker. That's the helmet gotcha. Sticker. Okay. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. But my thoughts on 17 Strong is, number one, I love having an avenue to share Ryan's yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Because not just because everybody who is in a special relationship with somebody thinks this was the best kid in the world, but there was an anointing and a touch on Ryan's life that, like you said, it's a lasting legacy that is 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 growing and being known. Mm-hmm. And um, so to know the heart behind 17 Strong, um, and I mean, birthed out of Ryan's heart that every young adult should have the opportunity and those over a certain age should have the opportunity to have dreams fulfilled um, after they've, they've fought a hard battle or different things. What a spirit. Most would be defeated and be like, I can't believe I've aged out, or I can't believe that, mm-hmm. that they get angry or bitter. And Ryan says, well, I'm going to make it better then. Yep. And to me, um, so what 17 Strong is doing in the lives of people who feel hopeless already, potentially, yep. because the scenario, the situations they have found themselves in in life due to diagnosis and recovery and relapses and different things and the defeat and all that they already feel to have someone say, but we want to give you something just because you're you. Mm -hmm. There was a boy, there was a man who believed in you. And his legacy is to see you um, find a joy in the midst of a time that's hard. To me is an amazing, wonderful, um, gift and so you know mm-hmm. we love wearing our sweatshirts and especially back here it's really neat getting to wear it people are like what is that let me tell mm-hmm. you yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah I, I'm, we've been able to tie it into our messages here exactly. at the church. that's yep. awesome and i love that it's going to be a household name i know it is i just wow. know because ryan thought that way it wasn't just it was always out of the box for him so yeah. um always thinking of others before himself and um and i love it i love that i love that it comes from a different angle with you guys and and yeah. how um you can preach it from a pulpit and and people receive it because it is it's he was just one of a kind one of a kind and i love that um one one last thing i think we can wrap it up and i think tim kind of explained his um favorite memory if jj you have a favorite memory that's what i would love to hear oh my gosh i have to narrow it down to one but i know i I will because i (laughs) we just watched this again this christmas oh i know what you're gonna (laughs) so in 2004 we had moved to chicago and Stephen Holly flew back and spent our first Thanksgiving in Chicago with us and the boys and all awesome. our kids. And so if you know any of it, maybe not so much Steve, but we are all super high energy and we get really excited when we're together. And 
And my girls at the time were very into singing and dancing and different things and like it, this. And it had snowed those days. And it had snowed and the kids were all in their jammies and we were doing little concerts. Fire and the, the kids were singing the Polar Express. Now, Aaron was the smart one. He knelt down and hid behind the couch. You can watch him kind of sink down like, I am not going to be a part of this craziness. <laughs> But at this one part, Casey and Jackson are singing, and Jackson's three at the time, who, and he is now 20, so, you, you know, this is a long time ago. Casey and Jackson are singing, and then suddenly Shay and <laughs> burst into burst. the room doing ballet. Um, and then they begin to sing, and if any of you know Ryan, he, he was not, one not to be gifted outdone. with his vocal ability. <laughs> None of us are gifted with our... I, I carry my tunes in a bag. Well, there's this one part, and we watched it. Just all the kids were home for Christmas, and we pulled out the video, and we watched it, and we all just were crying of laughter because Ryan just goes, ah, you know? <laughs> Trying to... Solo part. And it was just Epic. to have that on video and begin to, to be able to see and remember the gift of that beautiful life uh, whenever we want to, and the swirling of memories that come with it. That, I have to say, is my, my favorite, one of my favorite moments. Yeah. And it's probably one because I, I see it, you uh, know, at least every year. I think yeah. you even brought that to the hospital because I was just, I did. You know, like, I you have it. to see it, Holly. You have to see it. Because I hadn't seen it before that day, and I was yeah. like, oh, my God. And that's when camcorders were still the big units you oh, held on your big. shoulder. Yeah. And <laughs> they put you put the whole tape in there. Yeah. I mean, cell phones didn't. I mean, no. we didn't have cell phones like that, yeah, you know. Like that. It just that was uh, a good time, and I love getting to relive that. But so there's obviously so many other memories, but oh, that yeah. one. That is so good. So well, good. That's good. Well, gosh, that's good. and I mean, we could talk for hours, but um, I guess we'll wrap it up. Steve's telling me we need to wrap it up. But I'm if only there's anything else Nate's that telling you need... me to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> this would be a two-hour conversation. Yeah. Nate, welcome to the family. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Well, like you guys said, we just are forever grateful for the um, family, friendship, um, mm -hmm. bond that we share. And we thank Jesus for the gift of that. And the honor it was to be, prox be close in proximity during that time, as our hearts are always close. But to have been able to be close in proximity, for us, it was the honor of a lifetime yeah. to be able to, to be there and, and walk through this with you all. Well, and it was we our... Um, privilege to have you guys there and it was uh, you know a blessing for us because you helped us get through a very tragic time in our life and so for that we're eternally grateful oh, absolutely so absolutely and, no words yeah. no words it was and, beyond but uh, for those of you that are you know going through something right now and and you know if you need that touch I encourage you to reach out um, there's plenty of professionals out there that can help you, that can help talk you through this, whether it's whether it's a pastor or a, uh, a licensed mental health therapist, um, social worker, somebody. But please talk to somebody and, and be able to open up because going through this alone is not what we're intended to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that, we're going to wrap up another 17 Strong Podcast. Yep. Thank you to our engineer and producer nate hand sitting back there behind the controls and tim and jj we love you love you, and, love you, guys. Uh, love you guys. thank you and uh, thanks for joining us today and um just remember attitude is everything
You've been listening to 17 Strong. Victories don't come by accident. To be part of the show, make a donation, or request more information, go to 17strong.org. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-E-E-N strong.org.